1: Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Wine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your, Your Angry, Angry Neighborhood, Neighborhood feminist. feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives.
2: Hello, Miss Keegan.
1: Hello, dear. How are you doing today?
2: (laughs) Well, as we just established, we're both very, very tired. Um, I think that's just kind of the usual with us when we record at night. We're just kind of like, (laughs) oh.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that that's pretty much the standard. I was watching a uh, TikTok where they were talking about how, like, comparing your tiredness is basically millennial culture at this point. We're all burnt out all of the time. Uh Yeah. And this is no exception. And today I only worked till three because it's Anthony and my anniversary today. Happy and anniversary. We, thank you. Eight years. What's up? Oh, wow. Um, I know. It's a long time. And we went to the Van Gogh, uh, the like immersion Van Gogh exhibit yeah I saw the pictures on your story it looks really cool it is it is so cool I know that it's touring right now so if it's coming to your city I would highly suggest going and doing it it was very very interesting it was really moving um and I really enjoyed it so if you like art yeah yeah
2: (laughs) I can fuck with art
1: Yes. But I, even even then, you know, even the fact that like I didn't even work a full day today, I'm just like I'm I'm spiritually exhausted. Well
2: yeah, you know and then I mean? you went and like did something too. So you were still like doing stuff all day. It's not like you had like downtime, relaxing time. And it's your anniversary, so you're probably doing fun stuff. Like, yeah, that's exhausting. Yeah, and
1: my brother's here and it just feels yeah. like I, I haven't stopped moving since I Left town <laughs> for real? You know, yeah. So when do you been get a like,
2: vacation from the vacation? <laughs> I
1: never, never. I can't uh, remember the last your time. bachelorette party. Oh, that's true. That is true. That is coming up. That's gonna be a good time. Looking forward to that for sure. Oh gosh, it's m- needed. <laughs> um,
2: I haven't left really. Th- I mean, I've left for like day trips, the city of Los Angeles, but I haven't actually left the city of Los Angeles since June twenty nineteen.
1: I'm, I'm not going to lie to you, Madigan. Um, L.A. is, is kind of grating on my nerves lately. Oh, yeah. It actually really is. I was looking at this graphic, and you may have seen it because I think I posted it on my stories, where it was showing the states that have lower populations than Los Angeles County. And there are only six states in the United States that have populations higher than, than los angeles county. higher i thought right. you were gonna say lower no no, higher? no 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 every other state in the union has a lower population than los angeles county it's too I much mean, it's too many people i'm <laughs> it sorry is too many people enough
2: <laughs> yeah some of y'all go home i'm not gonna do it i'm not going back to minnesota there's nothing for me there i've been here 11 years i've staked my claim some of y'all need to go home or well, stop that's, moving. That's here. the thing. It's
1: like I feel hypocritical <laughs> saying this because technically I'm a transplant, but both you and I have been in, have been in Los Angeles for over a decade at this point. Yeah. And So I feel like, look, we've we've paid our dues. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> at this point, we are Angelinos
2: now, and we're not going anywhere.
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but sometimes I'm tempted to. Oh, anyway. for real.
2: Anyway. <laughs> I am so excited to be doing a What's in the News episode again. It's been so long.
1: It is It is exciting to be doing a What's in the News episode. I know that people have been reaching out on our social media asking when we're going to be back at these episodes. And we're um, back. And we are back. And the thing about these episodes in particular now, I know we've been putting up a lot of throwback episodes even on our main episode days. Uh, but these episodes in particular, because they are so time sensitive, it makes it very difficult to do them while traveling yeah. elsewhere. Uh, especially when you are living in your conservative parents' house. I thought that you weren't staying time.
2: with your parents. I thought you were staying
1: with other people. I, I bounced around. I did yeah. which also makes it difficult when you Well you're I was gonna say around. then it's
2: like impossible. You have no like real stakes to claim yeah yeah you don't you
1: know you don't have a lot of like privacy or whatever uh, which makes it very hard to record a podcast but I did spend the majority of my time with my parents at my parents house Uh, but I did bounce around and I stayed at a couple different people's houses while I was in
2: it would have been interesting to record our uber feminist podcast in the home of your uber conservative parents oh I've done it I have (laughs) done it
1: before the (laughs) listeners don't know this but I have recorded this podcast in my parents house do they just like have trips. have the ear to the door like what is she saying i mean i don't know but it is what it is it is what <laughs> it <laughs> is
2: well we have a lot to talk about and i have a feeling that One of the things in particular, both of us probably have notes on, I would really, really like to talk about what's going on in Afghanistan right now. I think it's really important.
1: That is the only thing I have notes on.
2: Okay. I also have some notes on the Delta variant, because I think that we haven't really had a COVID check-in in in a while.
1: Yes, uh, that's true. I have um, about four pages of notes on Afghanistan, four or five, five pages. Wonderful. Um, So should we get started? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because it is a really, there's a lot it's there's very a, convoluted a lot to discuss. It's it's complex and not complex at the same time. Yeah, and um, okay. So let's let's jump into it. I, I do yeah, think in the future we should have an episode just solely on the quote unquote war on terror, because yeah, it was a colossal mess and a failure on every level. And even experts say that. That's not just my opinion. You know, there are people who were kind of leading this effort who have said publicly that you cannot say that it was a success in any way. Um, So that's just something to kind of like keep in mind. And, you know, also something to keep in mind is, That we have been in Afghanistan for 20 years since after right after September 11th, 2001. Uh, But this war or wars have been going on in Afghanistan for the last 40 years. So there's a very large portion of the population in Afghanistan who have never known peace. They have never known peace.
2: They've never known peace. And a lot of people in Afghanistan have also never known what it's like not to have a U.S. military presence in their Mm -hmm. home either. So, you know, thinking about it that way, you know, thinking about my age when 9-11 happened and my age now, thinking about how accustomed we are to the changes that have been made in the United States and things like that. And then going and thinking about the people of Afghanistan, the children at that time growing up with it, how this is just their their regular way of life now and with pulling the troops while i am so happy that we are seeing an end to this unbelievably senseless war the way that we are going about it has become so dangerous to the afghani people and this was something that we were worried about to begin with is that biden was pulling these troops too quickly um I don't know if this is the best way to describe it, but it almost seems like it's kind of like a shock to the system and they were weakened and the Taliban was able to make their way back.
1: Right. Well, yes. So I do want to address that. We discussed this on a previous What's in the News episode. We talked about um, the fact that Biden had said that by September 11th, 2021, he wanted to be pulled out. Uh, And I do believe that it was said on that episode I, I, I know that I've voiced a concern about like, OK, I'm, I'm glad that that's happening. I've had a lot of friends and family members who have been deployed, um, seen long term effects of deployment. I don't want to be keeping keeping our troops over there indefinitely. However, there had to be a plan in place to ensure that the Afghani government, the new baby Afghani government really real. in the long term of things um, was able to kind of stand on their own and that they were yeah. well equipped enough to prevent
2: uh, the Taliban from coming in and taking over again, right?
1: So let's talk a little bit about U.S. involvement in Afghanistan. So in 2001, when George W. Bush was president, there's a reason why I'm I'm saying that. <laughs> yeah, for
2: oh my god, so many memes of like people blaming Biden, but that it was actually George Bush. But I saw one the other day too that was all, taking us all the way back to Reagan.
1: Well, that's the thing. I mean, and you know, I don't even say that necessarily to say it wasn't biden's fault because as i go through this is what i'm gonna do i'm gonna tell you who was president at the key points of of this timeline right and it's all it's everybody it's everybody it's across both parties yeah you know mistakes were made just point blank period you know
0: so are you ready to shop rakuten's big give week is back
1: Are you thinking about getting into Dungeons and Dragons? Maybe you're looking to expand your horizons as a DM or a player. If that's the case, then it's time for you to check out The Dungeon Cast, the best D&D podcast out there that helps you passively learn all about the game just by listening. Find The Dungeon Cast anywhere you get podcasts or on YouTube. When George Bush was president, um, after 9/11, the Islamist militant group Al-Qaeda And its leader, Osama bin Laden, were identified as being responsible for the attacks on the Twin Towers and the Pentagon. And bin Laden was in Afghanistan at the time and under the protection of the Taliban, which had held power in that region since 1996. Uh So when the Taliban refused to hand bin Laden over to the United States, we went in with the full force of our military to remove the Taliban from power. So I think that that's important to know. It wasn't. I feel like a lot of people are trying to frame this as this benevolent thing that we went in for the Afghani people. Um, I don't, I personally do not believe that's true. I think we were pissed after 9-11 and we were like, you've got Osama bin Laden. We want him. You won't hand him over. So we are going to start a war with you.
2: Right, (laughs) because to to me, that was the thing that was so uh, confusing to me as a kid because the way it was being described is like, oh, we're going to go over and help their government. We're going to like essentially kind of colonize them and make them more western and things yeah. like that. So, in my mind as like a 9 10 year old, I'm like then why are we calling it a war?
1: You know what I mean? Well, because it was if a you're a war on terror, not a war on the Afghani people, right? right. Like exactly. that was the way. It but was was in my friend. head it never
2: made sense because I'm like, okay, the way you're describing this is more of like a like a peace mission, not as much of a war mission where I think that you nailed hit the nail on the head with talking about the fact that we wanted to punish the people who did the 9-11 terrorist attack and that makes more sense to me as to why we would go f- into this war right and just right. saying oh no we just want to help these people Well, and the thing
1: is, if helping the people of Afghanistan happened, then it was like, okay, that's a happy side effect. I don't think that the reason for going in was wholly benevolent, right? Like, if the Taliban had been like, okay, here's Osama bin Laden, here you go, then we would have been like, cool, deuces, right? We never would have gone in, like, you know. Yeah,
2: well, okay, so then we're talking about 2001. Do you have anything from before that talking about, because I know that Ronald Reagan, like, did some sort of training with the troops in Afghanistan or something? I have no notes on this. So I was just wondering: is there like other evidence of U.S. presence in Afghanistan before
1: then? I don't personally know, so I don't yeah. feel like I can say. But I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. U.S. interference in the middle in the Middle East is a long, you know, standing. We were been you about to say forever. in the Midwest? <laughs> I don't know. I, I say in the Middle East, which you know. Sure, sure. <laughs> right? We can we can we can shorten it in the Middle East. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, go on with what you were saying. So, okay, so like we're like we're gonna go in. We're gonna remove the Taliban from from power. However, after we did that, so we went in. We did that. Hooray! Right. We like dismantled the Taliban. Yeah. There were militant Taliban groups who reformed, and violence between U.S. soldiers and the Taliban continued. Ever since. So there has been violence. Um, You know, the Taliban has inflicted violence against the United States troops who were there, civilians, etc. Because they they re-banded pretty much right away. Well,
2: and I talk about the Taliban quite a bit when I covered Malala.
1: Mm-hmm. In one yes, of the episodes yes. about
2: a year ago, um, in her story, she discusses, you know, what it was like being a child growing up under the rule of Taliban. And it really is. It's it's horrifying. It's sad. Yeah. I mean, her story in particular, which I'm sure is, you know, one in a million in, you know, war ridden areas. But it's just it's so unbelievably sad to me that all of this seems to be going forth again.
1: Yes. So, um, I mean, and yeah, it was like the, the Taliban weren't in power anymore, which is a big deal. Uh, but they were still inflicting terror upon civilians throughout Afghanistan during this period. Right. And, you know, there were, were a lot of United States casualties uh, of soldiers as well. Um, in 2014, when Obama was president... NATO, which is an intergovernmental military alliance between a bunch of European countries and then I think also Canada and the United States. Yeah, it's like um, what they what I've
2: been seeing referred to as Western allies in all of the articles that I've read. Yeah. Just yeah. kind of to clump them all in one.
1: Yes. And box. largely like a lot of military powers, right? Yeah. Um, and they had been involved in this situation as well. Like it wasn't just the United States, it was also a lot of these countries who were part of NATO. And um, they decided in 2014 that they were going to leave this relatively new, you know, the new Afghan security forces to protect its new and fragile government. Right. And so the U S troops would stay on to train and equip them. And so we spent billions, billions of dollars. Oh yeah. I remember um, this well to, in order to, train the afghani um soldiers in order to protect their own government so that they would be self-sufficient should we ever decide to leave like that was the plan right that
2: was the plan and that was also i think kind of what biden and a lot of people were expecting like oh well we've we trained them like they should be Mm -hmm. they should be totally equipped there's no way that there's going to be a weak link
1: Mm -hmm. that's the argument that you're going to hear right But at that time, so again, the Taliban presence was never gone in Afghanistan. And at that time, when we basically said, like, we're going to largely pull out, we're going to leave a small portion of our troops here to train them um, with the goal of being pulled out in the next however many years. Right. Right. At that point, the Taliban was like the cool. Um, There's an end date to them being a presence here. Right. So they started planning. Right. And they started seizing more control um, and more territory Throughout Afghanistan, so then recently under Trump, mm-hmm. the U.S. made a deal with Taliban militants, and they brokered an agreement to fully withdraw U.S. and NATO troops in exchange for a ceasefire and violence reduction. Right? They're like, yeah, you know you're going to do violence. just reduce the amount of violence not as much violence as you were planning violence maybe you know just a smidge of violence right
2: yeah i remember the talks of this is we probably talked about it as well because i remember being like oh okay yeah you're just gonna like buy that they agree this to this okay (laughs) like
1: why would you just trust their word right yeah this is fine don't
2: trust the taliban
1: And there was no clarity on how the demands would be enforced. They didn't even ask, like, Mm. okay, like, how are you going to enforce this? And the new Afghan government was not included in the negotiations whatsoever. Like, the U.S. just went in, the Trump administration went in, shook hands with the fucking Taliban. And which, again, I'm just like, how are these, like, USA, like, American patriots cool with with Trump? They're like... Lead dude, their going number in one guy, and shaking hands with the fucking Taliban.
2: They, I'm sure that there are mental gymnastics that his supporters have done to explain wild. that way. I mean, it's the Super same reason wild. why they thought it was a good thing that he met with Kim Jong Un. You know
1: what I mean? Like, it's just, it's bizarre. <laughs> it is. Um, so the Afghan government was really not happy about this deal because, you know, you can't fucking trust the Taliban to no. keep their word, right? Yeah. And so then this year, under biden you see what i did there we got i do four presidents um the u.s began to withdraw from the region they were like all right trump had a plan to to pull us out in 2021 biden said sounds good to me we're going to continue going down that path so he was like we're going to fully withdraw on september 11th i want to be fully withdrawn by september 11th 2021 so despite you might be shocked to to learn that despite the deal that was struck between the U.S. and the Taliban, the attacks from the Taliban did not stop. And yeah. instead, the Taliban have shifted their focus to targeting Afghan security forces and civilians and executing targeted assassinations. So when the U.S. withdrew from the region and we're not entirely withdrawn, but like a large portion, you know, withdrew from the region the Taliban almost immediately gained territory and increased their attacks on civilians within yeah cuz they've one been weak yeah they've five been prepared capitals had fallen to the Taliban with major cities just toppling yeah, yeah. they were ready they yeah, were ready. they've been they had, planning. They were like, okay they've been planning since Trump told them like hey this is what we're going to do jesus i mean Christ. and honestly they've been planning since 2014 it's just like yeah, yeah, you announced, and then of course Trump and then Biden gave them a date, like yeah. to move towards, and they were like, "All right, so on this date, we're going to be ready." Like, fuck the deal we made. Yeah, you know, exactly. That doesn't matter. Yeah.
2: So, Most recent. Well, are you kind of are you in present times right now? Yeah. Most recently, the Taliban entered this capital city of is it Kabul? Yeah, Kabul. I've been Kabul. See, I've been saying
1: Kabul in my head because I think I'm thinking of the word cabal. But you know what? I think I've heard it said both ways, to be honest. Okay. And um, anybody, you know, if you are... If your family is from there, please write in with a phonetic spelling for us.
2: Yeah, please let us know how to say it. Um, So they enter the capital of Kabul on Sunday after President Ashraf Ghani left the country for the United Arab Emirates and panic ensued in the Afghani people who worked with the Western armed forces or agencies and mass amounts of people rushed to the Hamid Karzai International Airport seeking refuge. And I'm sure that Most of you have seen these images or videos pop up on social media. They've been all over the place, but it was absolute chaos and it was tragic.
1: It was devastating. It really like I I feel like those images are going to live in my head for the rest of my life. I, I couldn't agree more. When you see people... I, I, you know, what keeps coming to my mind is that that saying that's like nobody puts their child in a boat unless the sea is safer than the land. Yeah. And it's like nobody clings to a United States helicopter that's taking off only to plummet to their death. Yeah. Unless they believe that the air is safer than the land. They yep. would rather die. Yeah. In an in, in a actually like completely irrational way. That's the amount of fear. Right. Is like right. You you're, in, you're in survival th- mode holding on to a plane's wing is not going to, like, save you, you know it's not rational, it's not doable, but you would rather risk that than be in a Taliban jail, you know? It's
2: just, oh, it just, it makes me just want to go over there and be like, all of you can stay in my apartment.
1: (laughs) I'll take care of you. It should make America do that. Yeah, Yeah. it should make America say, you know, look, whatever you want to say about what was done over there, the the point is we did go in and we did disrupt this and we did leave without being absolutely certain that we had everything in place. Yeah. I get it. Like, we couldn't be there forever. I understand that. No one's arguing that we could just stay there forever. But Right,
2: like- and I doubt that there is a situation where we would have gotten this, like, perfectly and nothing bad would have happened. Like, I think that the whole situation in itself, the fact that we started this war to begin with was going to make it very difficult to pull out of it's just, it's the amount of tragedy and the amount of people that are trying to save themselves, but the U.S. troops were only able to evacuate 2,500 troops, but there will be more, they or say. Civili- were they civilians? Civil- or I, I wrote troops, yeah. but I think I meant civilians, but... Mm-hmm. um. I read that the Taliban is at the airport now. They're at checkpoints. Mm -hmm. So while the U.S. wants to take as many civilians as they can and they plan on sending more planes and helicopters, now they have to kind of like work through the checkpoints that the Taliban have taken over at the airport in order to get there to get the people.
1: Right. I mean, and again, I want to point out that the Afghan president... He fled the country for his own safety, yeah, however, in doing so, he did effectively hand over control of the nation to the taliban that 's exactly so what he did there There is nothing protecting any of these people, and it's it 's very interesting to see or interesting is the wrong word wow um, but it's it 's horrifying to see actually a lot of these people speak. There was one woman whose name escapes me at this moment, uh, but she is one of the very first female governors in Afghanistan. And she basically said, she's like, I'm just waiting for them to come get me because Uh. they killed my, they killed her father the year before. They've made multiple attempts on her life. And uh, she's like, it's, it's, it's done. It's happening. There's nothing that I can do. And the same is happening for other high risk individuals, um, such as journalists, diplomats, people who have aided the U.S., including yeah. interpreters, um, and the U.S. is prioritizing getting those people out—people who have aided us while we were there. But one, it kind of feels like it might might be too little, too late. Yeah. And secondly, we need to we need to take as many asylum seekers as possible yeah as many as fit in this country and it doesn't yeah. matter whether or not they helped us while we were while we were in the region like anybody who needs to get out and request to get out as many as we can take we should take yeah period
2: definitely 100 percent.
1: and i do want to say also that experts say that the taliban is stronger now than at any point in 2001 oh hell it's yeah worse.
2: It's worse. They've been stewing and they've been getting angry. And I don't, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, we see them as being the bad guy, but they see us as being the bad guy. So they've been angry and
1: stewing for a very long
2: time. And they're very, right, very powerful. Right. You know and what I mean? We can
1: have there's a conversation to be had also about how a lot of these people ended up radicalized, right? And I'm not yeah. at all taking responsibility off of them. No, but uh, there in is any way. But there's reason. a price to be paid for our imperialism, our capitalism. Yep. Um, and the things that we do as well as a country. So Again, absolutely not taking responsibility off of the Taliban for the horrific acts no, um, of violence that they enact all the time. But it's but,
2: important to know the genesis of how people become that way. Just like when we talk about alt-right YouTube or when we yes, talk about exactly. you know any right-wing stuff or even when we talk about Nazi Germany and things like that. Like, There's always an indoctrination and there's a reason that these things happen. It's not like just being evil for evil's sake like you know we're all we're human there is Mm -hmm. like a whole story behind how these things happen how do people get radicalized right and and why and what and how can we prevent it to mm -hmm. from happening you know in the future and i think that's why it's important to talk about that not because it's excusing anyone's behavior but the more we can understand those groups of people hopefully the better we will become uh better will be about dealing with that type of group of people You know, because clearly we're not handling it very well right now. And one thing that really surprised me was that President Biden stated on Monday that he was squarely behind his decision to withdraw U.S. troops, though he acknowledged the Taliban took control far more quickly than he anticipated. And I just wish there was more to it than that. Like, that just seems like him saying that he was still squarely behind it. Like, I wish there could be some wiggle I room. There. I don't think he
1: can say anything else at this point. Like, I don't think he can backtrack now. You know, I think he's locked himself into this position. But can't um, you
2: but can't you apologize or not even apologize but acknowledge when maybe the decisions you made weren't exactly how you hoped them to come out? Like he can still admit that like I had the best of intentions with doing this. I really thought this was going to work this way. You know, I apologize to the people of Afghanistan and to the you know United States citizens that are over there. We're doing our best now to you know remedy the situation. Like uh, to me, that's what I would rather hear is just like honesty about it. But
1: right, I mean, I, I wonder I'm asking if for too more. much, and I wonder if there's more going on as well because I imagine he doesn't want to show weakness for something if they have no way to or intention of correcting it that's a good you know point. what i mean because it's just like he can't say that and then do nothing if it would be better for him to just stand by his hard line right rather than to say something that he can't follow through on or back up right because people are dying like that's just but the, that's ca- the thing you know? is
2: like i wish he would acknowledge the death You know what I mean? Like, to me, that's just kind of the thing that I feel like is missing of him just saying, I'm squarely behind it. Like, I just want some acknowledgement of the fact that, like, there are so many innocent people that are dying and being imprisoned right now. Like, I wish that there could be a little bit more about
1: that in what he has to say, but. You know, right. I mean, but honestly, I think I feel like I would only want him to say that if he's going to fucking do something. Oh, because otherwise, oh, totally. like, if he was if he was just going to be like, sorry that, sorry, this is happening and then like not do anything. So it makes me wonder what their plan is. And unfortunately, yeah. I think that that plan is probably not a whole lot in terms of stepping in. I know that they have sent more troops in, sent troops back um, to help control the situation at the airport. Right. Uh, But beyond that, I mean, I I mean, the
2: point was to get everybody out. So it doesn't really make sense for him to send, you know, he's not going to completely do a 180 and send like all the troops back in, you know, like, I guess that that makes sense. But Hopefully right. I mean I mean, I, I, I know situation. nothing about military stuff so hopefully it's, someone's figuring out something.
1: <laughs> it's well they should have figured it out already. Like that's the thing that's so frustrating about this because also, you know, I know so many people personally who have done tours in Afghanistan.
0: Mm-hmm. So many
1: people who even if they came back, their lives are forever changed. They have mental health problems, Uh, close friends of mine, mental health problems from from being in Afghanistan, things that they may never recover from. And for them as well, I understand it's not the same as what the people of Afghanistan are going through. Please don't think I'm comparing the situations. But I will say also that like, it must be horrible Mm -hmm. to see that like, okay, what was it all fucking yeah, for? Yeah, like, why do we do this then? Yeah, that's what how... What was it for? That's what I'd be thinking. You know, like, it, it just, it has to feel like that. And um, it's just a shitty situation. And, and, it, and I know that so many people in the United States join the military um, because they are trying to move up in the world, right? The, the military will pay for your schooling. The military will pay for your housing. Yeah. Um, and it is an opportunity to get yourself out of a bad situation. I know a lot of people who have done that. Yeah. And the, our military industrial complex, this thing that we give billions of dollars to every year when we can't house our homeless or give people medical care. Yeah. We put billions of dollars into this military industrial complex that still fucking preys on poor people. Yeah. <laughs> who are just trying to better their lives by joining the military because they think it's a way out of a bad situation. Yep. And it's It's horrible. All the way around. Yeah. Um and I, I, I have more stuff here, but we can talk about it another time. Uh if you have more that you you want to talk about, if you want to talk about the Delta variant, um that's yeah, fine. I we'll, mean we'll talk more about the Taliban in other episodes, I'm certain. Yeah,
2: so. I mean all I really wanted to say about the Delta variant is probably things that you already know. Something that was absolutely astonishing for me to see. I'm trying to mix up my adjectives. I use the word astonishing this time. So in June, our seven-day moving average in the United States of reported cases was around 12,000. By July 27th, the seven-day average reached over 60,000 cases, which is a similar rate to the cases before the vaccine was widely available. So if you are vaccinated, yes, you are going to be more protected than if you are not vaccinated, but you can still spread the Delta variant to someone who is not vaccinated and they could get infected. Um, Keegan and I are recording separately right now because somebody that I work with uh, tested positive for COVID. So just to be sure, I'm staying away from people. I'm staying really masked up, all that kind of stuff. But it's really scary. And we're getting back to a level of numbers of cases that is really, really terrifying. And another thing that really drives me crazy I watched this great video about this man whose wife has terminal breast cancer, stage four breast cancer, and she was having issues and had to go to the hospital. And she was in the hospital and she stayed for like two nights and she should have needed a few more nights, but they asked her to leave because they needed more space for COVID patients. And most of these COVID patients are people that decided not to get the vaccine. And it's really upsetting a lot of people that, you know, the people that are saying COVID isn't real or I'm not really going to get sick. I don't need the vaccine. And now they're like desperately taking up all of the beds and things like that. So this is a desperate plea. I know that uh, probably most of our listeners, if you are able to get vaccinated, have been vaccinated. But if for any reason you have not, I encourage you so, so much to get vaccinated so that we can hopefully someday be done with this pandemic because at this point I don't know when it's ever going to end.
1: Yeah. I mean, okay. So just real talk, hard truth. I know that everything that we just talked about and what everybody in Afghanistan is going through right now and what, what it must be like in other parts of the world right now. And I know that by comparison, what we're going through is so small. Right. And I, I understand that. And I want to acknowledge that first of all, but I will say mentally Not doing great. Like, I am not doing great. Mm -hmm. I'm not doing good right now. Like, and I think that part of it is this feeling of just never ending dread about our situation. Yeah. Um, And it's... It needs to stop. I'm really... I have have the credits from um, Bo Burnham's Inside on a loop in my head. Yeah. He's just going, it'll stop any day now. And I have to repeat that to myself all the time in an effort to just feel like, okay, this isn't forever. Nothing is permanent.
2: I know. know? But like, I've also been watching Last Man on Earth and I'm like, are we all just
1: going to die? Like, what is going to... You know, if How is are, this gonna listen, to stop? I will say this. If if the apocalypse comes, in movies, people's will to live is the strong and I'm kinda just gonna be like, Look, man If it comes for me.
2: (laughs) That's the thing I'm always amazed with in these apocalypse movies. Like if there was a zombie outbreak, I would like ask for someone to kill me. I'm like, I don't want to do this.
1: I'm not strong. I'm not fast. I'm not good with a gun or really any weapon. I'm emotionally
2: fragile.
1: Like I can't deal with an apocalypse. After the year we've had, I'm not mentally strong enough for that. No, no, no. I would be like
2: somebody kill me now because I don't want to be alive for this anymore.
1: Now, okay, we're going to say all that because we do have a platform with the disclaimer that... This
2: is an imaginary it's situation. Satire. It's satire. We are not but... being serious, but I'm also being kind of serious because, like, I legit but like wouldn't survive. Like, I would be, and I would be, like, the most insufferable human
1: being to deal with in those times. Complaining constantly. Me too. I'd be like, it's hot. I'm, sw- it's, I'm sweaty. I'd be like, like, zombies, tired. take me. Let me become serious. one of you. I've been walking for four days, and all I've had is a can of cat food. Go, fuck yourself. Like, no. <laughs> No, of no. course it's cat food.
2: <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. No, that scares me. That scares me. But yeah, please everybody continue to wear your masks especially indoors. Please get vaccinated if you can. If you have loved ones in your life that have not been vaccinated, please gently urge them to do that. To do so, I know how difficult it is, but really that's the only thing that is going to make this fucking thing stop. And it makes me so mad. That this pandemic has been so politicized because
1: it could have been over by now.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Just,
1: we were so close. New Zealand just shut down because they got one COVID case. Are you serious? They were like, we're going back on lockdown. Uh -uh, Uh-uh, y'all don't know how to act. And meanwhile, (laughs) look at us. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, I have people... We
2: have a mask policy inside the store, but yet people, when they try things on, they take their mask off, and then they'll come back into the store to grab more clothes, and I'm like, where'd your mask go? Like, keep it fucking, if I have to keep it on all day, you have to keep it on all day.
1: At the the Van Gogh exhibit today, I was also getting, like, vaguely annoyed at the number of people who were clearly just there to take Instagram photos, which, whatever, it's your prerogative, but, like, the people who would take off their masks... So that they could do like selfies and had to be told by these poor employees who are probably making minimum wage like, ma'am, you need to keep your mask on the whole time. Yeah. What are you? What are you?
2: What? Oh, when people
1: people say that they can't try on
2: sunglasses because they can't see what they look like. And I'm like. That's the part of your face that isn't covered. You can see what it looks like. I I just, that I don't understand, but everybody that tries on sunglasses pulls their mask down to look in the mirror and it drives me insane. Stop wearing chin diapers. That's another one. Or like just having it over your mouth and having your nose hang out. It drives me freaking nuts. And then they're wearing a mask. So I don't feel like I can be like, please wear your mask. Like I feel like an asshole being like, can you fucking wear your mask correctly, please? Like, oh, I hate it. I hate it. Yeah, I've had enough. I've had enough. I've had enough. I'm done. Enough <laughs> let's let's move to New Zealand where they have one case
1: dude I'm about to look I'm about to fuck off to the forest I swear to God you can catch me there I'll be just like hanging naked by the lake right dude i like, sounds pretty good at the moment down just
2: living naked by a lake
1: fuck yeah river would be better because it's running water but yeah yeah
2: yeah river some nice fresh water live off
1: that we can get like some solar panels on a house bacon bread all day we weren't meant to live like this okay it's some bullshit fuck capitalism anyway
2: (laughs) (laughs) with that being said we (laughs) all right well that's all that we have for you all today. Thank you so much for listening to another What's in the News episode. We have missed you. I hope you've missed us Indeed. as well. We are back. Uh, if you have any news stories that you want us to cover next week, please feel free to email us at neighborhoodfeminist@gmail.com at gmail.com or shoot us a direct message on Instagram at Angry Neighborhood Feminist. We have a Facebook business and group page. You can rate and review us on the business page and chat with the other listeners on the group page. And if you haven't already, the thing that helps us the most is if you leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts. I actually looked, and I think we only have like we don't even have like two hundred reviews. We mm-hmm. definitely have more than two hundred listeners. I'm putting y'all on blast right now. So those of you who have not left us a review, we would greatly, greatly appreciate if you would do so. All right, that's all we got for you today. With all that being said, we encourage you to, to rage on. on.